expand your mind and enrich your world. It's time for another outstanding podcast from ICRT. This is Taiwan Talk. This is Taiwan Talk on ICRT. Hello and welcome to another podcast edition of Taiwan Talk. I'm Keith Menconi. For many in Taiwan, the prospect of increased immigration immediately raises concerns of job loss for local workers. But there's a flip side to that story as well. And today on Taiwan Talk, we'll be speaking to Forward Taiwan, an advocacy group that points out that foreign professionals also offer a wealth of experience and skills to their adopted home, enriching commerce and also culture. The group is calling on the government to lower some of the legal barriers that they say are making it difficult for many foreign white-collar professionals to live and work in Taiwan. We're joined now by the group's co-founder, Ping Chu. He's also the founder of Kenmong Aveda. He's the co-founder of the Ripple Maker Foundation and Red Room. Ping, thanks so much for joining us. Good morning. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be here, Keith. So some of the proposals that your uh, organization mm -hmm. is forwarding is lowering the requirements for work permits for, for workers who want to work in Taiwan and simplifying qualifications for permanent residents. But before we dig into the meat of those proposals, I was hoping you could explain a little bit about why it is you wanted to start this organization. What was it you saw in Taiwan that, that made you feel like this is something you had to work on? Yes, I have to say, on the service, people thought this is only for those people that want to stay Taiwan. They love Taiwan, they want to stay Taiwan, and our laws kind of prevent them to be, uh, make it easy to stay here. But actually, what I, we believe is we do this completely out of our self-interest for Taiwanese. Taiwanese self-interest. Exactly, because mm. uh, number one, we, we, we already know that we have a population crisis on our hand. By the year of 2060, we, our population will shrink from 2.3 million to 1.8 million in the best sense of a scenario. The worst one would be one, 15 million only. Right now we have 23 million. Uh, so the news even even worse is all those who aged over 65 years old will have at least 39%. In our world, on the year of 2060, our population will reduce to 80 million. And among those 80 million people, 39% are those age over 65 year old so we have a population crisis out right in our hand and nobody pay attention to it because of 2060 we thought we have 34 years to, to worry about but i think hey guys we need to do this and the immigration reform is the easy thing to do and we have to do it it's urgency here that's what we want to raise this question right now number one number two of course like i'm a small business owner i would love to have some international people work in my company but based on this very strict work permit regulation, it's very difficult for a small company to, to hire some talent, young people. They want to learn. They want to mingle. They want to contribute to Taiwan society. But they can't based on this law. Number three, lifestyle. In order for, for Taiwan to have a, a more competitive globally, and we have to know what's globally thinking. We have to think what other people's thinking. Other people, I mean, is other than Taiwanese people thinking. In order to change our culture, make our culture more tolerant to the different things, I think we need more foreigner or international people that adopt Taiwan as their home. 
So just to be clear, the kind of workers that we're talking about are foreign professional, yes. white-collar workers. Yes, yes. Thank you very much. We, we, right now, we're only focused white-collar foreign workers, especially for cultural creative, the mm. creative type. Mm-hmm. For example, if you, if you are a painter, if you are a poet, if you are a writer, if you are a stage performer, how can you be qualified for this industrial thinking about work permit? So we have to figure out a way how to retain those creative people. Because those creative people will really, really make Taiwan even more competitive in the global world. And uh, just, to, just to hit this point at least once, we're not talking about the, the kinds of reforms that you're pushing would not include workers from China. Is that right? No, no, no. That's a total, that's a that's a total different uh, agency we, we handle that. So we, we, don't, we don't touch that, that part. So you've already touched on this a little bit, but uh, can you get into it a little bit more? What do you think it is that foreign workers bring to Taiwan when we, when we have these, especially you're saying we're focusing on creative types, when we have these foreign workers come to Taiwan and contribute their world experience, contribute their skills, what is it that, uh, how is it that Taiwan benefits from that? To talk about this, we have to bust the three myths about the immigration. I think a lot of people think about that. Number one, uh, those people that oppose immigration, the loudest opposition, is based on you will steal our job. You will steal one more job for Taiwanese if you give to some international people. It will not steal the job. Those people take a job. It's some job that local people cannot fill in anyway because those people have the competence that all local graduates doesn't have. The culture, the heritage they have, the language, the way they can help our new graduate to realize the world. But now they have a foreign colleague in the company. Imagine that would create such a different culture in every small company. I have foreign colleague. I can learn. I can share. And suddenly, I realize Taiwan is not just an island. Taiwan connect to the world. I want that kind of feeling in our every single small company, and they will create job, mm. create some other job because company because of this company become more competitive. They're thinking differently. They have more creativity. They will create job. And the second myth, of course, is to depress the wages if mm. we lower the wage. It won't because uh, it's uh, the, the job market have such a variation of different wages. So actually, we're, we're filling into a different category wages. So it would not depress. The, the third myth would depress the economy because there's so many people on welfare then. Right, the government had to pay for the national health, uh, uh, all those kind of things. Actually, I just talked about that. Our population is shrinking. We need a more able working body here, so we increase our productivity this way. And all those people are young, and uh, and uh, and and they're smart, and will, will contribute to the economy. So obviously, this is a is quite a complex issue and your organization has put together a list of proposals yes. that the government could work on both reforming either laws that needs to change or just policies that wouldn't even require exactly. an amendment to a law but i want to focus on the three main areas that you uh, your organization is focusing on so let's start with one of those now so far we've mostly been talking about jobs and uh, work requirements but let's switch gears a little bit let's focus on uh, one of the proposals which would be for the government to abandon the requirement that Individuals who want to become Taiwanese citizens renounce their former citizenship. Why is that uh, something that you think would be an important change? Actually, I think, uh, at least to my knowledge, that a lot of people think we need to change this. The basics are very simple. We want those people to stay in Taiwan. We don't want this to become a major issue for their, their willingness to stay in Taiwan. 
It, it's not fair to ask someone to abandon their citizenship. What happened if, if you some someday they've been expelled from Taiwan? They are a, a citizen without any citizenship in the world. So we want those people to stay. That's, that's our ultimate goal. So we want to remove all those non-essential issues away. Mm. So we want those people to stay. So you can really participate in a true society. Like you can vote, you can participate in all the legal rights that, that grant for citizens. Most importantly, they, they feel that they really are local there. Mm. Otherwise, the psychologically, if you're only permanent resident, you really don't have the, the, the investment, the investment mm. and, the, and whatever, identify yourself mm. as true Taiwanese. So, so, so because they'll feel like a part of this country is theirs, they'll put more into it's it. It's just a permanent state. And now I still have other identity, uh, which is right. We, we welcome that. And, but uh, it just makes you feel like you are still outsider. You know? mm. So another thing that your uh, organization is working on is simplifying the qualifications for permanent residents in Taiwan. So first talk a little bit about what are some of the difficulties for people who want to gain permanent residence and why you think it's important to remove some of those barriers. We want those people that love Taiwan can have a clear path about their future here. Uh, I, I want to make sure that our government have a very, very simple, straightforward and no tricky, no, no, no hidden uh, rules. So as long as they meet all those simple requirements, like uh, you have to stay here with work permit for three years or five years, you automatically become a permanent resident and with, without any little hidden traps. Like if you're not a consistent stay here because you're missing uh, your, your renewal of your visa, renewal of work permit. So we want to remove all those uncertainty away. Right. This has actually been in the news recently. Some people who left the country, uh, even just briefly, were gone for a little bit. But because of that, they weren't a continuous, continuous resident. exactly. And so they, they lost the, some of the qualifications that they need to become a, a permanent resident, and the clock just starts over. Then they had exactly. needed to wait another five yeah. years. And the good news, uh, after we talked to uh, some policy maker, and they, 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 they recognized that it's not fair. I said at the beginning, the whole goal is we want to keep our population healthy. We want to drop to 18 million. We want to stay about 23 million. That's our total goal. So don't use the little thing and expel people mm. and, and, and discourage them and make them feel they're they, they, they not welcome. So I think the government understand that. As far as I understand, they issue a, a administration uh, rule. Right now you can extend it, maybe have a, uh, either 90 days, 90 days or even sometimes six months, 90 days right now, mm-hmm. the, the gap, as long as you, 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 you continue to mm. stay. All right. And then uh, the last major area that your organization is focusing on is some of the requirements that foreign workers need in order to get a, a work permit legally. And so these requirements include a minimum salary. So they need to be paid at least a certain amount. There's an experience limit. They need to have at least a certain amount of experience. And uh, the companies also need to have a minimum amount of capital before they're allowed to hire foreign workers. So that means that they it needs to be at least a certain size of a company. If they don't have enough money, they're out of this game. They can't hire foreign workers. So can you talk a little bit about those barriers and, and why you see that as, as, as a problem and something that needs to be focused on? Yes, Keith. Actually, this is our main focus. Uh, we focus on this single thing. Okay, mm. I believe if we can resolve the qualification of the work permit for a lot of international friends, we are on our way 
to a more certain future. If you cannot work here, how can you stay here, right? Mm. So if we change that little thing, they will change the whole ball game. Mm-hmm. Okay. So number one, the whole idea is to have a startup company which have no sales sometimes, no revenue. We want to have a company like ours, small company, and we want to have some creative company. They, they do advertisement. They do uh, theater production. Uh, those companies, they, they will never match the requirement that Taiwan government set for the work permit. Because they're too small and they don't have the, the money requirements. Exactly. You don't have two years experience, all those kind of requirements. What I'm really trying to say, let the employer to decide mm. if this is worth for their salary, mm-hmm. if this is talent meet their needs, mm. instead of a set a very rigid number. Mm. Just number. Right? I don't care what kind of work. I don't care what kind of company. I don't care what kind of work you do. As long as you pay, like right now, it's about $48,000 a month. Mm, minimum and, salary. And then the college degree or two years experience or minimum revenue, about capital, uh, 5 million NT. You, you really don't ignore all those real, real needs mm. that the, are the reason we hire these people. So I won't remove that. I know it's difficult. But it's not doable. Why? Because I'm proposing right now to set a quota. As long as we have a quota, don't worry about those things. Within that quota number, I don't care about the minimum salary or whatever because we, we decide, the government decides, we, we will allow, I, I'm proposing 100,000 over the next A quota of 100,000 immigrants in Taiwan. Immigrant or have work permit, whatever, mm-hmm. we can classify that. Mm-hmm. If we set this goal, we don't get a nitty-gritty thing. That's mm. why I run my company. Mm. And I think that's what we should run our government. We have a goal. We reach that goal. That's our first most. Instead of looking for the detail. And then you don't reach that goal. Leave it up to the companies to make those small decisions. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And make the company accountable for that. So, like I said in the introduction, the idea of increased immigration does raise fears of job losses. And you also touched on this point as well. So, We reached out to the Ministry of Labor to hear their perspective on some of these proposals. We asked them specifically what kind of concerns they would have about lowering the salary and capital requirements for businesses hiring foreign workers. Here's Su Yu Guo. He's a department head at the Workforce Development Agency. We had a few individual cases in the past where an employer or company cut labor costs by employing someone they claim as a white-collar worker but who was actually performing blue-collar work at the company. Such employees are placed in a job that involves manual labor and do not work in what we commonly recognize as white-collar positions such as engineering. With the requirements that the Ministry of Labor has in place, we can ensure that the workers who are hired into Taiwan surely work in specially skilled jobs, and these workers do not affect job opportunities for others in Taiwan. So he's saying without these regulations, Taiwanese blue-collar workers might face more competition from foreign workers that companies are passing off as white-collar workers. What do you make of that concern? First, I have empathy to this uh, fine civil servant gentleman because that's the general mentality and general mindset of all our policymaking. Number two, all that Mr. Su just mentioned is try to prevent and assume every company is a crook. They try to twist the rule and maximize their own benefit, try to apply for the white collar but actually working for the blue collar. 
you you want to prevent this uh, this abuse, then you forget you you also prevent Taiwan's future、mm. to have more creative people,、mm-hmm. more people that really want want to participate in our growth. So I would recommend we have to think of two two things. One, we have to have a growth mindset instead of limited mindset. Yeah, all those policy making is limiting my side. You limit yourself to grow by preventing this. Assume people are going to abuse this. Number two, let's set a goal. Let's set a goal. Let's see how much they abused. Like I, I, I recommend a hundred thousand. We close that. We always set the the goal already. It's not going to be abused forever. And let's see how how much damage we can we will see if there's so many so-called white color convert to the blue color. Let's see what happened. And so if we if we just let that first hundred thousand in, you think that it would within that limit it would be a sort of a safe test so we could see how this would work out. And and you you believe that it would demonstrate that 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 danger is not nearly as big as as、Definitely. the opportunity. Definitely. But right now, the work permit that we issue only about zero point one one percent of population. The work permit we gave about about twenty nine thousand, just representing zero point one one percent. What our goal is to try to triple that to zero point four percent or three percent. Then、mm-hmm. we reach to the a hundred thousand work permit issue. So I know that your organization is already working with the government. You've raised some of these proposals with different government agencies. What do you think it's going to take to get these proposals uh, forwarded, uh, enacted, passed? What, what, what do you think it's going to take to get there? Honestly speaking, I'm not very hopeful. Okay, especially right now, the the immigration reform is not on the on the priority agenda because we have the election coming up. A lot of、uh, other domestic issue, so I really don't think that people pay this attention. But that's exactly I want to raise some voices and make some waves. But nobody really looking this issue right now. But actually, this issue is 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 intimately related to Taiwan's future, especially the the economy situation. Yeah, we 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 need to to grow. How how are we gonna grow? We're gonna everybody say we 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 we're gonna、uh, rely on. Culture creative business, Wenchuang. But we need more creativity,、mm. energy.、Mm-hmm. We need a more diversified mix of the the creation. We cannot do it by ourselves. We、mm. need more people to join us. So make our so called soft power more meaningful. I understand that your organization has actually already had a little bit of success with the government.、Uh, are, are, yes. Aren't there one or two policies that have actually been enacted? Uh, like the, those kind of the 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 the, the loophole, or、uh, no, the 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 trap for those people to have continuous stay. That's a, that's、mm. a big one, and the government realized that, and they actually they 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 are on this issue. Which is which is there to push that, to 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 do that, but it's not our credit. I don't want to take that credit. But the thing we, I think we really、uh, have been accomplished is at least we let those government official in high power. Realize that there's people like us to support this kind of movement.、Mm. Otherwise, they thought that nobody care about this issue,、mm. right? There's so many urgent issues to handle this in the, in the back door,、uh, back burner.、Right? Mm-hmm. But now we told them, hey, this is,、uh, we are concerned this issue.、Mm. So they bring that back to their own agenda right now.、Mm. So that's the biggest issue we we, we, we accomplished right now.、Uh, so everyone at this, Keith. One thing is,、uh, please, everyone. If you think this issue important for Taiwan's future, I will hope you visit our website, triple w, 
forwardtaiwan.com. And most important, the Facebook, Forward Taiwan. Please contact every Taiwanese friend you have and ask them to check off Facebook book. I want those Taiwanese friends to think this issue is related to their future too. That's number one. Number two, the whole Forward Taiwan movement is a grassroots movement. We want to have more young Taiwanese people to get involved, not for just international friends. The reason I come to ICRT is I want those listeners who mostly are international uh, people to realize that something starting changing and please ask your best friend, ask your colleague who are Taiwanese to also join this movement by, by, by like our Forward Taiwan Facebook because I need this. Imagine if I have 100,000 likes on our Forward Taiwan and then we can talk to the opposition party, all those labor department. Hey, this is something so many Taiwanese people think it's really important for Taiwan's future. It's not, we do this not for for, for international friends, make them easier to stay in Taiwan. No, it's make, make Taiwan's future have a, have a more diversified culture. And this is what Taiwan needs. We, we need those people to help us, help us to reach out to the world. We've been speaking to Ping Chu. He's the co-founder of Forward Taiwan. Ping, thanks so much for joining us. Keith, thank you. And um, I just want to thank um, my co-founder, Tan Yiming, Ms. Ming, and also the task force, who are the really, really driver of this movement, and Michael and Holly and Qing Yu. I really want to thank them to, to help us to, to, to make it happen. One more time, you can learn more about the group on their website, forwardtaiwan.com, and on their Facebook page, which already has received more than 3,800 likes. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Talk. As always, we'd love to hear what you thought of today's program. You can leave us a comment on our Facebook page or rate and review Taiwan Talk on iTunes. Another good place to leave a comment, we've started posting about each Taiwan Talk interview on the ICRT blog. Check it out for photos and for links to get more info on the topics we discuss. For ICRT, I'm Keith Menconi.